With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up? Welcome to uh, an emergency podcast drop. Uh, I I feel like we should have a, a dishes dropping sound effect, like shattering dishes to, to be like our equivalent of a Woj bomb. Uh, but yeah. anyway, yeah. <laughs> Just hit the listener with in- intense anxiety immediately. Because <laughs> that's what this emergency podcast is all about. It's about uh, trade rumors. So we thought that there's a lot going on this week, obviously already. It's just going to get more and more. So we thought we would uh, we would dive we would dive right into the what would you call it the the un the unfounded <laughs> speculation. Yes, um, everyone has sources this time of year. Yeah, so this everyone's this, plugged in. <laughs> I should have introduced. This is Katie. <laughs> yes, and this is Yasmin. <laughs> Just uh, as everybody is still getting to know us. Yeah. All right. So I think the most, the thing that makes sense to start with uh, is the thing that made me the most angry. I don't know about you, Yasmin, but uh, the Knicks, once they're at it again. <laughs> yes. The Knicks are coming for us once again. It but- seems that like whenever something good is happening for the Raptors, the, like, the Knicks are kind of just lurking. Mm-hmm. Waiting to drop their, hey, you know what? I think we want uh, Masai Ujiri. <laughs> They're like that. Uh, everybody has that one person in their life, right? Who's like the minute you kind of like, you got them out of your life, you forgot about them a little bit. And then there's just something. When you find peace. Yes. Yeah. When you found peace, when you're being successful, uh, when you've recovered from injury, whether it's psychic or physical <laughs> in the Raptors case, uh, then there comes this uh, person again. And in, in our case, in the Raptors case, it is, it's, I think it's James Dolan, more largely. Yeah, I feel like it's a very one-sided um, pitch or recruitment mm-hmm. tactic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I feel like MLSC, the Raptors, Masai have no idea what's going on. <laughs> no. Yeah, and then I, Knicks have like this, um, I don't know, it's like a very, it's very performative. Because if you look at it, um, Woj was like releasing like these consecutive tweets about, how he's pursuing Masai, and then actually he's looking for an agent to take the job of um, GM, and <laughs> like it's, it's it's like is everything okay there? Like, and then they fire Mills. Like, yeah, they've got uh, they've got no plan, no idea. But mm-hmm. I don't think it like J- I don't think James Dolan either knows or cares. Like, I don't think he thinks about things in a very linear way. Not to say I admire his thinking. I think it's like some pretty like psychologically messed up stuff but um because he's just like it to me 
this is not the way you would woo anyone. And then if you've done like even the base amount of research on a man like Masai Ujiri, this is not the way you attract somebody like that who has their shit like completely all the way together to mm-hmm. your franchise by just like, like a, <laughs> being like, let, let's advertise, let's yeah. advertise and recruit Masai through this, um, uh, to this like unregulated chaos yes. that we have here. They're like this like sweaty, like Do- well, Dolan is just like this big, sweaty, messy entity. And I feel yeah, like, like the Knicks, just... the Knicks are <laughs> basketball anarchy, like yeah. just down there in New York, in the Big Apple. It almost it almost erases the draw of being in New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fact that they're just so chaotic and unregulated. No, that's totally true. I've thought this before. Like, when I've been like, oh, the poor Knicks. Or, like, you know, you, you, you get tricked into feeling bad for them. I'm like, oh, they're in that. Yeah. They're in that small market. It's like, wait a second. <laughs> they're in New York City. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But they're like they are deteriorating, like they're just like some team like stuck in the like Midwest somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, um, like one team per the city, like it's the city's only team, and <laughs> their arena's half full. You'd think no, this is uh, the and, New like, York Knicks in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no golden age to cling on to. Like it's very oh. sad. Um. Yeah. It's like the only what I will say about it. The only like. Uh, because there's obviously a lot of talk around it and everyone's like, well, sources say. And, like, the funniest thing about any kind of trade trade deadline talk is, like, a lot of the time sources are just sort of, like, common sense or, like, good practices. Like, in Ujiri's case, let's say figuratively, if he was ever to leave the Raptors, I think he would mm-hmm. want to go to a big market um, that would be able to pay him a lot more money. And I do think the appeal of, like, turning a team around as he did with the Raptors. Yeah, it's there. Good. I'm not going to deny that part, yeah. Like that, but that's just like car- good career goals. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. I don't think like, so that aside, there's no way he's leaving the Raptors in the middle of the season they're having now. And like after the season they just had, like they, they're champions. They just won the championship. Now oh, it's not yeah. the time. And also like you could easily switch that argument um, in – the Raptors' favor, like you could easily say that Masai wants to um, show that that last ring wasn't a fluke, that he can build the long-standing championship um, culture in Toronto and do it again with you know maybe a player that he drafted in Pascal Siakam. Like I feel like he's very invested in this current iteration of the team um, finding success in the near future. So. Um, I don't know the notion that it even it wasn't even just um, the Knicks. It was also the rumors with uh, Washington, mm-hmm. um, the Wizards. Like right after they won the championship, Woj yeah. is like, <laughs> "Yeah, he's leaving." Like they the, the <laughs> champagne didn't even dry up. Like immediately, there were rumors that he was heading to the Wizards and another you know dumpster fire organization <laughs> that <laughs> that is interested in the best executive in sports. Like of course they're interested in Masai Ujiri. Like. Yeah, like, no, I don't think, like, any self-respecting organization right now in the NBA, like, and a lot of them are running well and, like, smoothly, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I don't, like, all of them would benefit from Masai Ujiri, absolutely. Yeah, we could all use some Masai. Yes, me and my (laughs) personal life, probably you and more, all of us. (laughs) I'm recruiting Masai Ujiri, I'm sending out that tweet now. (laughs) Yeah, like, there's some things I could be doing better, like, Masai, you know, like, could I could I have your uh, candidacy for my like GM of my life? Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> make the 
my trades in my friend group. Woj really, to like your point though, like Woj really does have a knack for like this torturous timing with the Raptors, especially. Terrible timing. Like, he was dropping news during like the Super Bowl. Like, he does not give a fuck. I know. He's just like, he can't. He, I like picture him as that person who just like can't read the room, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very socially <laughs> awkward. Yeah. No cues. Or like can't control the to- like the tone or, or level of his voice. He's <laughs> just <laughs> always screaming. No, that's hitting too close to home. That's me. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, so <clears throat> speaking of Maasai, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, are there any trades in particular in regards to the Raptors that you could see them doing? Or and it doesn't even have to be something positive, just something, a funny suggestion that you've seen. Um, you know, every um, this is the time of the year where everyone's like, hey, you know, take my bad players. Let me grab your great one mm-hmm. um, to make my <laughs> team better and yours exponentially worse. Like, what can go wrong? So what? Um, lay it on me. Let me know. <laughs> I think the worst I've seen so far was a suggestion that the Lakers should be in discussions with the Raptors for Fred. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. Like <laughs> Their suggestion of who we take was like the funniest part. Yeah. Well, who did they say? It was, um, it was uh, uh, Kyle Kuzma. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> I think it was like Quinn Cook or something in addition to that. And like a, um, a first or a sec or a couple seconds was the suggestion, I believe. Okay. Um, so, so yeah. no, thank you. Absolutely. No, thanks. I like it's, it was just like, that was very bizarre to me. And I think the way it was phrased was also so like almost uh, excusing the person who like wrote the tweet is like, they already knew it was a terrible idea. Yeah. Then, then don't say it. Like, yeah. But like, I guess maybe? that's, that's like the free, the freewheeling energy that this week really seems to bring out in people. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because like, um, if I, if I'm trying to suggest, um, a trade scenario. Like I do my best. It's very difficult, especially if you have like the uh, Raptors colored lenses on, <laughs> because as a fan, <laughs> you want something that benefits your team, but you also have to try your hardest to look at it um, in the benefit of the team that you like would like to do the trade with. Mm-hmm. So you know you have to look at their their um, roster spot needs. Like if you don't want to give them another power forward if they have enough, you know what I mean. You don't want to give them yeah. another point guard if they don't they they don't need that position. Um, you have to look at the direction of their organization too. Um, so yeah, that it doesn't make sense for the Raptors at all, like to give away a player that they've been basically grooming um, to take over league guard duties from Larry for years now. Yeah, um, you know, basically molding him in his image as best as they could, uh, and just give it all away for Kyle Kuzma, like someone that may not even get minutes on the roster, like. You can't give, I, no I one should be given know. anything all away for Kyle Kuzma, unfortunately, I gotta say. Yeah, like, it's, I don't know, like, it, he wouldn't fit the no uh, style of play, the, it's just, it's just kind of, like, I feel like the Raptors would have rather have a defensive specialist that is a nothing on offense than the other way around. Yeah. Like, that just seems to be the direction <laughs> that they're going in right now. <laughs> and, like, not to, like, just to Fred's credit, I think Fred, uh, could would be an asset to most every team but Fred's style oh yeah and mostly like his style of chemistry because of like the way he's come up like through the development first with the Raptors and now with the Raptors properly like he would not fit in LA with the kind of like culturally no not at all yeah culturally Fred Van Lee can you believe that no (laughs) well actually actually uh he is about his bag 
That is one thing about Fred. Yes. Which, like, respect him. But... Yeah, and, like, I can see him taking on every commercial <laughs> possible in L.A. He'll be on every billboard <laughs> making that money. Maybe in a couple of years when they're, like, all right, we're ready to change the ethos of the Showtime Lakers to, like, the bet on yourself. <laughs> Actually, I don't, don't see that ever happening. That's his. That's his. Um, that's one of his stipulations. They have to change the ethos of the team <laughs> to fit. Yeah, that's the new slo- the new Laker slogan. Uh, if he goes there, just trying to think if I'd seen any other uh, extremely dumb or like insulting Raptor specific uh, trades. Have you? Um, what was I saw one today. What was it? It was something to do. My the ones that I dislike are the ones that put OG um, in the um, trade machine um, <laughs> as a salary filler. Yeah, like OG is not a salary filler player. Like he, first of all, he's on what he's on like his rookie scale contract still, mm-hmm. and not only that, but he's clearly like a piece that they're trying to um, build, like trying to build within the future. Like he's he's kind of like the Raptors Matisse Thybul. You know what I mean? Like a very high ceiling defensive player, 3 and D kind of guy, really young, only 22 years old. Um, yeah, so whenever I see a trade like, oh, and just throw in OG, I'm like, what? <laughs> like, that's not going to happen. Like, they didn't give OG or Pascal Siakam out in order to get Kawhi Leonard, so it's not going to happen for your, you know, 11th man that you're trying to trade for. So, Yeah, OG's not, like... I'd say, like, especially not now, nor nor was, in my opinion, he ever, like, a throw-in kind of player. Like, he's not... Yeah, so any trade would be centered around OG with someone else as salary filler, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. And, like, yeah, this is, be. like, a team trying to, like, build up, a, like, a, who, a... There's a lot of teams right now have young cores that are trying to come up, except they're, like, you know, they, they talked about this on the last podcast, actually, like, you know, a team like the Grizzlies... Where mm-hmm. you've got like one star player in Jaw, and then you've got like a couple, like a couple kind of like co-stars. But you know, a team like that could use someone like OG who comes from a system where things are more evenly distributed. Oh um, yeah. So he would, and like it's not just the Grizzlies. Like a lot of teams are kind of following that model now in lieu of like, I don't know, good trade opportunities or like sat like salary restrictions. You know, they're they're gonna look at. I think building up cores and in, in a similar way, almost like following the Raptors model. Yeah, no, that's actually like, I feel like that can be another podcast. <laughs> Just like True. the model that the Raptors <laughs> built through like the, um, the, like the we, the North, we, the North um, era, basically mm-hmm. Just building up that culture that, El, you know, egalitarian, egalitarian, sorry, um, system that they mm-hmm. have of just, you know, ball distribution and everyone has a specific role and people are willing to give up. Um, in order, you know, for the greater good. But, you know, it, with with OG in particular, um, I think that his value is really going to shine in the next several years of his um, career. Like, he's not even he's not even near his prime, you know. Um, and I always say, even if he tops out as a player, even if he doesn't become anything more than a 3 and D specialist for the Raptors, he's so invaluable because you see how people are willing to um, trade for, you know, uh, Andre Gudala. Like, people are talking about giving first-round picks for, you know, a 36-year-old um, wing defender. So, you know, in the era of LeBron James and Luca and Paul George and Kawhi and all of these giant wing defenders and offensive, you know, you know, powerhouses, you need a player like OG who can, you know, bump bodies, who can keep up. Like, I feel like that is so invaluable uh, in today's league. 
um, and you, you kind of see his value even more so in today's trade market. Like the only scenario I can see the uh, Raptors giving him up is if they, you know, really like Rondé and are willing to use OG as a centerpiece for like a Drew Holiday trade. Because I feel right. like in that sense, um, they'd love a stretch kind of wing defender to put along in the, you know, with that Pelicans young core. I can see that happening, um, and I, I I love the fit of a Drew Holiday with the Raptors, but uh, I feel like a Drew Holiday trade would kind of indicate in the Raptors' backcourt that they're probably going to trade Lowry, you know, because, yeah. um, you know, in order to keep one of our current point guards in Fred Van Vliet or Kyle Lowry, like, if you get a, a two-guard like Drew Holiday, one of them is either going to have to go to the bench, which I doubt is going to be... Um, Fred Van Vliet, who's set up to get paid in the summer, or Lowry, who I think is still like has good years of basketball left um, ahead of him and is still on a max contract. So I don't know. That's uh, what do you think about a potential Drew Holiday trade for the Raptors? Like down the road, but like not. <laughs> yeah, I not- like, yeah, I like Drew Holiday a lot. It makes it's funny. I you're love like, Drew Holiday. Yeah, he's just like you're. That was like exactly. Like exactly the thing is that he he would fit in so well. Like he, he is fits like, so well. Yeah, like he, uh, like even just culturally, play yeah. style wise, defense yeah. first guard. No, he would be I think a really good fit and kind of like a like a low key sort of target. You know? Like yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah. Well, we could obviously just do we could just do a podcast on like the way that one on OG and then two. Yeah. On the way the Raptors have like built themselves, but I guess we should move it to some other, any other trade news that we've seen. Um, I can start with just weirdly saying I'm. I hate to say it, but I'm proud of the Nets today um, for turning oh, right. down, yeah. for okay. turning down Clint Capella uh, in exchange for Torian Prince and like. The prince of my heart, Jared Allen. Oh my god, I I truly did not understand what the um what the Nets would gain from such a trade. Like nothing. Why? Like yeah. What is the trade off between a Capella and a Jared Allen? Like in Jared, you have like a young big who you could develop, and and the Nets have shown an ability to develop players. That's something that they've demonstrated in the last couple of years. So to trade for Capella, it literally makes no sense. I don't understand it. It makes no sense because Jared, like, yeah, he's like, he's a big, he's a big man, but he's like, he's so versatile. Um, like he's shown that, like, he's kind of like, he's pretty fearless just in terms of like the blocks and the stops he's getting from guys. Like he's, especially in this weird time of like this gray area, Nick, um, Nets team rather where they're like, you know, Durant's out. Kyrie is just like out, like, mentally i think and physically like i don't know where his mind is anywhere he just says says strange things um, but like they don't want to have a totally like a totally um right off of it of a season and like that's where to me like guys like jared allen are just like these really underrated producers for the team um, and an idea of jared allen like in that d'antoni system in oh Houston, my god it disgusts me <laughs> It makes me so sad. You would not deserve that. Like such a young player with promise. Like why would you do that to him? And like a like it's such a young and just like you know he's not like super flashy, but he can be when he wants to. And I think there they would just be like, 
shut up, you're in this position now, like everything centered around James Harden, you know, like you can't shoot three. (laughs) You're not you anymore. You're going to be like this composite of you that we've made. And I, I honestly, I, I don't understand why the Rockies are trying to get rid of Capella. Cause I feel like that Capella Harden pick and roll and the lobs and everything. Like, I feel like it's such a staple of their offense. Like mm-hmm. I don't understand what they're trying to do. I don't know if Jared Allen can even fill that role as, you know, content and uh, as well as, as Clint Capella does. So I, ju- I don't understand what they're trying to take. I guess the, in addition to Jared, they be getting Torian Prince and he's kind of like a three and sort of D player. So, yeah, the Clint Capella stuff, like more like largely is a little bit weird to me. Like a part of me wonders if they're just kind of shopping him to check interest. Yeah. Cause they um, also suggested the Celtics take a look at him and the Rockets wanted a wing in addition to that. So they're, they're clearly looking for a body to deal with, Kawhi Leonard or Paul mm-hmm. George or LeBron James. So that's that's the hint I'm getting. Mm-hmm. And they're in a very win now mode with, you know, they have two stars in, you know, the thick of their prime. And I feel like the Rockets window is getting smaller and smaller. So it is. Yeah, it is. Unfortunate. Like, it totally is. Um, and you want to feel kind of bad for them, but you can't. Like it's impossible. You can't like because it's also very clear that they're trying to fire D'Antoni after the season. They already got rid of his like supporting cast, all of his uh, assistant coaches, I believe, last summer. So that sucks. I would I would love to see D'Antoni in like the Grizzly system with all those yeah. young people. Yeah. I feel like that would be so fun. Like just running and the offense would be insane. I feel like so just so like fun. add some like joy to his his life <laughs> exactly because i feel system. like he has i feel like he's a talented coach like i just feel like he has very little to work with right now you have you know i don't know like he just he has very little to work with yeah no totally um so that's a weird one yeah what else did you hear what else did i hear uh d'angelo russell being targeted by yes. a few teams the wolves being mm-hmm. one of them, which to me seems weird because they already have a, a a young guy who seems a little bit nervous of everything in Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> so, yeah, I, like I don't know, like I don't know that D'Angelo would like be this kind of like added co- like vote of confidence um, or like punch that the Wolves need right now. What do you think about it? I think that it's clear that something's up. <laughs> in Minnesota yeah. right now, like just the someone I listened to, I think it was the uh, the Strauss podcast recently, where he mentioned that for like a whole month, Carl Anthony Towns was listed as questionable, and no one asked why. <laughs> like he was he was supposed to be back from injury for like four weeks, but he didn't come back. And when he did come back, it was because there were trade rumors of D'Angelo Russell heading there. Mm-hmm. And I do know that they are best friends. So it might be that they have an um, uh, unhappy superstar right now in Carl. So they're trying to make him happy by getting his best friend so that he can finally win his first basketball game since November 14th. (laughs) I think that might be the reason. And honestly, I don't know if that would be a good team because you have a defensive liability at the five and you'd have a defensive liability at the one. 
Um, and I feel like teams would just put them in a blender with a pick and roll. So they it's they may not win basketball like, games. No, and it's kind of like it, it weirdly to me reverses. I know he's still there, but it weirdly reverses to me like back to the same kind of dynamic that like Wiggins uh, and Towns had when B- Jimmy Butler was still there. These two oh guys sort of like off on their own, but now it would be this like clique of like uh, D'Angelo. Yeah, I feel like if they do get D'Angelo, um, uh, Wiggins might also be a goner. Like I think they might just go all the way and build, truly build, build around Carl with like role players in addition to having two all-star caliber players. Mm-hmm. Which would, which would honestly be uh, the way to go, but secretly Minnesota has been like one of the worst run teams in basketball. Like just quietly, no one really pays attention to it. People always listen to how horrible the Knicks have been, but the Knicks like they they snapped those five games losing streaks. But it's been like eleven games, I think, since the Wolves have won anything. That's like inexcusable. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of wild, like, because when you consider, like, I think, I mean, every year we go into the season and it's just like, oh, like, this is going to be the Wolves year. (laughs) (laughs) I tell (laughs) you, look out for them. Yeah, like the sneaky contender. And like, they're always like, oh, no, somebody's upset. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's I don't I want to know what's going on in Minnesota. I don't know if it's the weather or Mm -hmm. that Um, it's Minnesota. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it could be all of the above. It could Um, be all of it. (laughs) Speaking of young players and exciting drama, uh, should we talk about what's going on in uh, what's going on in Memphis? <laughs> oh yes, please. The meme war. Oh man. The, the boomer and Gen Z meme war. I'm surprised nobody uh, has said "Okay, boomer" yet. <laughs> if Ja if Ja <laughs> tweeted "Okay, boomer," I may have to like just change my account into a jaw stan account that might be what happened this becomes a a jaw and grizzlies podcast (laughs) like i i don't know you can't there it's really hard to like you're like oh i can't like this team anymore like this team can't be any more fun and then (laughs) and bam bam, something happens and like frankly i gotta say like Andre Iguodala, like, you are not this type of player anymore to be making these kinds of demands. Like, I'm going to sit out unless I get traded. Like, I, I don't like I don't want to tr- play here. It's also, like, where do you think the market is for you? Where, where like, who do you think is going to be? <clears throat> I always think about, like, this, this kind of, um, like, there are certain stars that can do that. Absolutely. But there is, like, I always think of it from the team's perspective who's, like, looking to, approach or like acquire somebody and like do you really want a guy who's like previously gone like public and like said that to come to your team and knowing that like he could probably just turn around in a season and be like "Mm, I don't like it here either yeah like he had a list of demands like he had a list of teams he wants to go to I'm like are you Kawhi Leonard are you Kevin Durant like what's going on I know 36 year old Andre Iguodala and honestly that is fine I have I really don't have much problem with him even sitting like I have no dog in this fight but I also think that the young core in Memphis has a right to be um kind of unsettled by it I think they can say whatever they want honestly like I feel like Iggy can sit out if he wants and also Ja and Dylan Brooks can also say like you know F you as well yeah like because him sitting out isn't really going to affect their season that much at all because he hasn't been up to now. Um, They're still going to be, like, they'll be, like, minimally competitive, but they're going to be, like, super fun to watch. And, like, they're, like, generating, 
they're like generating a different kind of like notoriety and success from that. Um, and like, it kind of just makes Igudala look like, yeah, like a, like a complaining, like boomer. I'm sorry, like <laughs> to say it, I don't, I'm also like, don't have much loyalty, you know, to, to either, I guess more to like Ja and like the young core there. Um, yeah, exactly. And honestly, like, I don't know why he wouldn't want to just, you know, even if he intends to be traded and intends to leave, like, they look like they're having a blast out there every night. Yeah. Like, honestly, get some cardio, <laughs> play like, with the kids. Yeah, like, like take, a, take a note from JV. Like, he's having a ball. He, like, he's having an also, awesome time. Yeah, he's having, a, like, a great season. He's having a lot of fun. He's, like, getting into fights for his new young friends. Um, yeah, exactly. I also think, like, the last thing I'll say about it is that it is weird because I think it could be kind of a great opportunity for Andre Iguodala to, like, step into this role of, like, a vet mentor and, like, play out the season, and then that's going to make you look so much more lucrative to other teams. Oh, my God, yes. His value would, would really go up if yeah. he thought that he can communicate and play with their young players well. <laughs> but, yeah. instead, but instead, he's getting into arguments with them and meme wars over Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, like, why don't you bring some of the Warriors winning mentality instead of the Warriors, like, extremely online mentality? Yeah. Um, all right, what else did you see? Um, I saw that there are a lot of teams out there undervaluing the importance of a point guard. <laughs> like, I feel like the point guard is, like, the most disrespected position in basketball. I don't know, I just feel like people think, you know, I can do what he does. And we just see teams like the Sixers struggling without a respectable ball handling point guard. Um, we see the Lakers looking for a point guard. We see the Clippers looking for a point guard. And it's, it's like, you know, I feel like it's one of the most more abundant positions out there, but they just kind of overlooked it. And you yeah. see, um, even in the Miami Heat are another team that are looking for a point guard. They're thinking about grabbing a Chris Paul or a Dennis Schroeder. And it's just kind of crazy to me because before the season began, the middle of last season even, people were talking about the Lakers and the Clippers and even the Heat, um, sorry, towards the end of last season in the summer, being interested in a player like Lowry. And I remember so many of those fans were scoffing at the idea. And then now they have their um, star wing struggling because they don't have a point guard there to create for them. And it's kind of kind of sad. <laughs> It's super sad. I mean, like, it it also goes to show, like, the, a very good point guard kind of works in this invisible way, right? Like, they're your team whisperer. Like, they're not really going to be drawing too much attention to themselves when they don't have to be because everything else is working well. But, like, to your point, like, that doesn't just happen. And I think it's like it's like anything in life when it's, like, when it's going well, when it looks, like, easy it, it looks easy because, like, someone is very good or experienced at something. Exactly. Like, I feel like um, Larry's role in last year's team, like, people are starting to appreciate it more now. But last year, um, he was really kind of the cog in everything. You know what I mean? Like, having a playmaker, like, little little things that you don't even notice on the court, like dribbling the ball up the court, finding <laughs> the mismatch immediately, um, between your players, like seeing that, you know, maybe Kawhi has a smaller player or Pascal has a tiny guy on him, getting the ball to him immediately. Like, these are things that the Lakers are struggling to do. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. they have LeBron James bringing the ball up, but he's supposed to be the guy with his back to the basket next to AD or something, you know? Yeah. So, and you see it with the Clippers. They have Kawhi out there getting triple doubles when that should have 
shouldn't really be his role. <laughs> she should be the full-time scorer and closer for them. Um, but you see him running a pick-and-roll with Zubok and stuff when that shouldn't be his, his um, purpose on the court. So I feel like the perfect kind of combo in today's NBA is like a like a wing player or a, you know, a, a power forward, a skilled scoring power forward or like small forward in addition to a really skilled point guard that can just kind of be the brains behind everything. Like that's the perfect mix for me. And it's why I really like this Raptors team because they have just like a, they have two point guards. So let me tell you, <laughs> they have two point guard backcourt. Like we're so spoiled because there's always something going on. Like there's always, you know, someone making the right pass. And to top it off, your, your third playmaker is Mark freaking Gasol, you know, so. Um, we are yeah. spoiled. I know. We're and really I think spoiled. It's like way more testament to like anybody who's feeling antsy or is like, oh, like they're, I don't want the Raptors to like, I don't know why I'm doing this voice, but like, <laughs> <laughs> that's how I put this <laughs> complaining about the Raptors right now but like oh, I really want them to like make a move like like why like there's no nothing really nothing right now really needs to be even tweaked do you know what I mean like yeah like if anything they do it will be like a like a periphery like fringe thing that we won't even notice yeah. um but I'm really happy with the structure of the team I feel like it's not Masai sounded like when he said that they're going to get a ring or die trying or whatever he said, I feel like he meant that he's just going to allow these guys, you know, the dignity of going to the playoffs, playing their butts off with what they have, which is pretty damn good right now. Um, I feel like whatever series they'll be in, they're going to be competitive no matter how far they go. And this kind of experience is just, it's invaluable for, for Pascal and for Freddie. Like, this is what you want. You want your... I feel like the opposite is what's happening with the Sixers. Like you have players that are being thrust into win now situations when really they should be allowed to, you know, I feel, I feel bad for Ben and Joel. Like the supporting cast around them is always changing. They don't have a chance to build up a culture, to get used to their surroundings, to find what they like stylistically and to go to the playoffs without the pressure of having to win a championship in your early twenties. Like it's kind of stupid. Yeah, like the I think it's just like the chemistry question, which is like again, when it's there and it's working, you don't notice it, uh, and that's why it's just like supremely underrated. But like you look at the NBA, and there's just like there's so few teams that operate the way that the Raptors do in that sense. And I think like it is one of those invisible like head versus heart things, but like that is what's gonna give you an edge especially in like a long playoff series. Like sometimes it is about the tweaks and like the on paper moves. Like if I trade X for, for Y, then like, yeah, like this, this will increase. But then there's also like, there's like the butterfly effect of trades that I don't think you, you can never account for or like know what's yeah. going to happen. Um, and like, just like don't, effect. don't, yeah, don't like mess don't mess with with what is working really well and like continues to just like build on itself and build its own momentum like yeah, allow I, it to fail a couple times before yeah. you do something <laughs> you know like i feel like that's that's one thing i enjoy about Masai. like he allowed that uh, our you know the demar and kyle backcourt to fail a couple times before he made any drastic changes and i feel like he's going to give um this current iteration of the roster the same chance which is really cool yeah like if you're gonna make a big change then you at least have to know why and exactly yeah what we are looking for and like moreover what 
you could stand to lose. Instead um, of guessing. Yeah. So that's like, I'm fine with no, no trades for the Raptors, frankly. Um, I think, what are we, what are we at? <laughs> I think that's everything. I think that's everything. Oh, I did want to bring up some just like trade news I saw and laughed at because I was like, why is this news? Did their agents leak it themselves? Um, oh, yes. This is my favorite uh, phenomena, which is like <laughs> agents getting really bold. Yes. Like it's, it's very big. Um, may I speak to the manager energy yes. <laughs> from NBA agents? No one asked me, but I want to tell the world. Um, my son deserves a starting <laughs> role. <laughs> it's very awesome. Essentially. So to start off, uh, Marcus Morris has boldly stated he's in no hurry to leave the Knicks. <laughs> okay. Is that Are really you? his decision, though? No. But, okay, Marcus. Okay, Marcus. We hear you. <laughs> um, there is a, oh, um, what else do we have? Uh, Kevin Love thinks he'll be staying with the Cavs. <laughs> sure. That's just saving face. Kevin Love has basically done everything except pull his phone out while playing defense <laughs> in, the, in Cleveland right now. So like awesome. he's, He's been so checked out, and it's it's kind of it's kind of awesome. It's kind of sad. Yes, yeah. But he is so mentally out of there. I oscillate with him, like being like, "Yeah, he seems fine." To like being like, "I'm a little bit worried about him." Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he's he's also staying put. I think he probably because he said so, right? He just said that himself, probably. But <laughs> we don't know if there was interest uh, to the contrary. Um, Robert Covington is also said, quote, he's not sweating trade talk. <laughs> Good for Robert. Because he knows he's going to end up on a contender regardless. People yeah. have, are turning him into um, prime Kawhi <laughs> from all of these rumors. Yeah. I feel like the more the rumors go through the uh, trade machine, more <laughs> elevated a player's skills become. <laughs> Yeah, like if if the rumors are working for you as they are Robert Covington, then like yeah, don't sweat it, don't lift a finger. Yeah, his value is insane right now. Um, and the last one uh, is a three-way uh, team deal involving Luke Kennard. <laughs> a three-way deal involving Luke Kennard. Or wait, I, it's Pistons and Suns, and then there's like a possibility uh, of a third team. And I just oh, thought, I saw that one. That was like the most. Linear, yes, boring <laughs> trade proposal I've ever seen. Like, I'm not sure what it does for either side. It's kind of those ones where you run through. I did this myself this morning. Uh, you run just like you're like, like these players, I I like them. Uh, I'll it's very, them very technically the, sound and it doesn't move the, the needle for anybody. Yeah, and then you get them the message. It's like won't increase like uh, anything for any team in any way. Zero uh, wins increase on both uh -huh. sides. Yeah, no competitive increase. Um, <laughs> salary stays about the same. No one would probably even notice unless... My favorite one is when you make the slightest change and it says <laughs> minus 15 wins. <laughs> yes. It's like, well, what's oh, going never, on? What did he do? I never knew. Yeah, you're like, holy. It's accounting uh, <laughs> for the inevitable, like, um, chemistry issues. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's all I saw so far. For just the 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 agent the agent leaked uh, information. Yeah. Let me see if there's ones that I saw. Oh, my favorite one is how um, the trade talks involving Chris Paul have just vanished. Yes. 
Like at, at first it was like, oh, this is this may be the worst contract in the history of sports. And then I was like, oh my god, he bought suits for the whole roster. He's so adorable. <laughs> I really did. So like now that, I guess though. he's a he's an Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, yeah, he's he's like I lived here my whole life. Um, in my blood. Yeah, I love the plains. <laughs> is that what is that what they're known for? No, I don't. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I just picture like the plains of Oklahoma, <laughs> Plain state, the dust, the dust bowl. I don't know if that's accurate. <laughs> is it even related to thunder? Mm, they get some storms. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Out there on the plains. <laughs> oh, <laughs> on the, on yeah. turbulence. We were look, we were really hoping that Woj would drop a bomb when we were recording this, but Nothing? Uh, yeah, Woj has Woj Nothing has on your end? Silent. Nothing. Nothing. Oh god, something's brewing. Something big is probably gonna happen that will just demolish the purpose of this it's... whole podcast. <laughs> Can you imagine something happens and all this content on all this content is just unusable? <laughs> Useless. Useless, I know. <laughs> okay, so I think that's everything. All right. Okay, so it was awesome talking to you, Katie. That was a great convo. Um as I feel much more like I feel very soothed, you know? Yeah, like I got all that off my chest, all that yeah. <laughs> all that straight anger off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah. that's it for today's Dishes and Dimes pod, this emergency pod. I'm going to try and incorporate breaking dishes sounds <laughs> into this video just for Katie. Katie. Um, <laughs> so anyway, thank you guys for listening. Um, and we'll uh, you'll hear from um, several of us on Monday's episode. Uh, I'm not even sure who's in it yet, but that's part of the surprise. Part of the rotating cast, man. <laughs> Peace out. Bye.